is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it in for the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys here from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. As always, it's the normal crew at hand. It's our resident Super Bowl champion, Isaiah Stanback. It's Rob Phillips, the Cowboys insider, and it's the fantastic... Oh, man, look at Heckma Harrison with the drip and the Cowboys sweater today. I like that. I like that sweater a lot. It's like a... It's like a, 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 a vintage look. And by the way, Talking Cowboys is now presented by Geico. We've got ourselves a title sponsor, ladies and gentlemen. So how about that? Talking Cowboys presented by right, Geico. Get out today. of here. Yeah, we've got ourselves a, a, a Talking Cowboys title sponsor. So Geico I like is it. now down our favorite. The best commercials on TV. Oh, yeah. The best sure. commercials on TV, hands down. They just keep outdoing themselves. It's pretty fantastic how they continue to, to have good commercials. I mean, we had the, the Gecko Lizard. We had the Caveman. We had the the uh, Hump Day. I mean, all of it has been fantastic. So, uh, lots of lots it, of it, it is It is Hump Day. It is Hump Day. Oh, That's wow. Right. Okay, so now we've hump got... Day! There we go. So now we've got something else new hump for Talking day. Cowboys. Well... It is hump day, but guess what? There's Wednesday night football or Wednesday afternoon football to talk about, including the team the Cowboys are going to face come up next Tuesday. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers today, and it's kind of the craziest uh, situation that you could potentially have. I mean, RG3, Robert Griffin III, a Texas-born, Texas-raised quarterback, is starting for the Baltimore Ravens tonight and supposedly going against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I say supposedly because there were a couple more positive tests, and everybody has to test through if they're Baltimore in order to actually play tonight. So any other updates that you've heard of, Rob, in terms of this game and how it could potentially affect the Cowboys moving into next week? I don't know how it affects the Cowboys just yet. I think the Cowboys are just doing their thing, just trying to you know go through their schedule and get ready for Tuesday. It is next Tuesday, right? It is. Um, yes. <laughs> they're supposed to be back to practice today, and uh, I think the schedule for for the Cowboys is to practice today and practice on Friday and Saturday. So that's that looks like what they're planning to do, and uh, hopefully this game stays on schedule for the third time. And, you know, as far as Raven Steelers, just what you said, Kyle, you know, uh, Ian Rappaport was on NFL Network today saying, like you said, there's still some POC tests they've got to do and they've got to wait those results before that game can be kicked off. And there's still questions about who's going to be activated for the Ravens. So it's kind of hard to talk about them right now just because um, we don't know who they're going to have available other than we know uh, RG3 is going to start for them. And I know they activated Trace McSorley, the backup quarterback uh, out of Penn State. He was activated yesterday. So they have two quarterbacks, which is, I mean, more quarterbacks than what Denver had to work with this past week. But that's something that is significant going into this game. Uh, This game tonight doesn't necessarily affect the Cowboys outside of the fact that it needs to get played in order for them to play next Tuesday. That's pretty much the the, the bottom line with it. Plus, like you said, Rob, it's it's crazy. How do you prepare – 
as a, a Cowboys organization, I mean, they're literally out ready to practice here in the next, uh, what is it, hour and a half? They'll be out on the practice field. What do you prepare for if you're looking at a Baltimore team and you don't necessarily know who's on the other side? Isaiah, that you might be the best one to answer that question. Well, I can tell you that I'm going to have on my Essilor lenses today, and I'll be watching that game. Uh, but uh, aside from that, <laughs> um, I mean, you're prepared just like – I mean, they, the good thing is they have, what, 11 weeks of game film to go off of? Sure. So, I mean, what happens today doesn't really doesn't really matter much. I mean, I think these guys are um, – they, they, they've been pretty doggone punished in terms of this whole COVID deal, so they don't even have a defensive line. I don't know who they're playing on a D-line today. Uh, but, I mean, you, you take it with a grain of salt today, but you got 11 other games that you can look at to build your game plan off of. Yeah, I mean, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, for all of the teams that are involved in just trying to figure out what's going to happen over this next couple of hours or the next week or so. I mean, look at the curveball that those guys have been thrown and teams are just trying to scramble to figure out who they're going to be facing uh, on any given week. So, I mean, for the Cowboys, obviously, they're watching this closely to see how this is all going to come out. But I just believe that the NFL at some point is going to have to step in and make some major moves, whether it be extending the season out, giving everybody an extra bye week to get this thing under control. Because the second surge, as we've all anticipated uh, in COVID, has, is actually happening. So, you know, they, they've, they're probably doing everything that they possibly can with the contact tracing, all of those things. But it's really kind of hard to contain it week to mm-hmm. week. And it, you're just starting to see uh, every week that this is just kind of getting a little raggedy how they're approaching it. Kyle, they, uh, I guess one of the reports, too, is that Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins will not play despite, yeah. I guess, being removed from COVID-19 reserve Wow. Um, earlier in the week. They've been activated, but they're not going to play, so you don't know who's going to play running back for the Ravens this week. Uh, I guess their hope would be Lamar Jackson gets back for the Cowboys game. To Heckma's point, talking about trying to extend the season and give, give them a Week 18, the NFL just doesn't seem to want to do that, and I wonder yeah. if it has to do with, you know, you got the top two seeds in each conference that get a bye. They get a week off, and it's basically two weeks before they play the divisional round. If you played a week 18 and they're not part of that, as my voice cracks again, then you would have. I'm you a real would, boy. Yeah. God. Uh, the, Sopra- the Sopranos are back. Um, you would have three weeks, three weeks for those top two, two teams in each conference to just sit around and wait. I don't know if that's fair. Maybe that's a that's yeah. a rust thing that they're concerned about. But at some point, you know, if this keeps on this trajectory, they may have to do something. Like Heckma said, we'll see. I mean, uh, they're just trying to figure it out as they go the best they can. Uh, Isaiah and I talked about this this yesterday while we were kind of finishing up film room, and we were talking about the fact that the the NFL is so reluctant to finally add that week eighteen. And I, I guess this point it, it, it's kind of a moot point because you're supposedly going to play tonight for this Pittsburgh and, and Baltimore game. But do you think fantasy sports plays an impact in that? I mean, we're talking about something that shouldn't influence the the real game but at this point it's a billion dollar in industry do you think the fact that pushing this game back and talking about fantasy football is one of the reasons that could potentially be the reason for no week 18 
I th- I think so. I know we talked about it yesterday, Kyle. I think fantasy, not not solely fantasy, but I think all all of their contractual obligations that yeah. they have with all their corporate corporate partnerships and sponsorships and all that stuff, all this stuff has timelines on it. Um, all this stuff has red lines. So, um, and it's a domino effect, right? So it, it's it, once one thing moves, if you move one week, everything's affected. Um, I think there's there's all kinds of stadium. Um, you know, timelines yeah. and, and usages and all that kind of stuff. It, it gets crazy. So that's why they're trying everything they can to stay within that window. Um, but as you, as you alluded to, if this thing keeps rolling, I don't know what they do. Um, because they're going to lose a lot of money if they, if they decide to move this, extend the season out. ECMA? So you're saying capitalism has something to do with just this. Just a tad I'm bit. I'm so surprised. Right? Yeah, uh, just, just, just the NFL. Just a little bit. <laughs> no, I, I, just a little bit. I mean, I, I, we've, we've talked about this at length before the season even started. What would happen if something like this happened and how would the, you know, the NFL adjust? We looked at the NBA and what they did with having the bubble and all of that, and, and people were really excited about the way that the NBA handled it, the NFL being one of the biggest leagues in the world, I think they're just trying to get, they're trying to satisfy a lot of different groups in this. And I can see that. Like Isaiah said, if marketing dollars, stadium dollars, there's a lot that goes into it. I don't know if it's fantasy so much, but like you said, yeah. Kyle, it is a, a, a billion dollar industry, so it may very well have something to do with it. But I just think as a whole, the NFL is just trying to scramble to figure out how to get all of this done. You got to think about it. We have five more weeks in the season then you have four weeks for the, the for the playoffs so man how we get through the next nine ten weeks is going to be very interesting yeah I mean they've you know they've put in so much work trying to for the safety part of it yeah. for the players and obviously they want to play the games they've got the tv yeah. contracts and they don't have the attendance coming in this year so that's that's going to be a huge revenue loss for the league no doubt um it may come to the point where it's, you know, I know they, they dismissed the idea of a giant bubble like the NBA had or like mm-hmm. the NHL had just in terms of the number of players, but they may have to follow, teams may have to follow the Cowboys' blueprint as best they can. Like we mentioned yesterday that most teams don't have a hotel next door to their, or connected to their facility, but they, there may be ha- have to be those home market bubbles just to try to do everything you can to, to lessen the, the risk uh, of transmission, you know? Let me ask you guys this question. Had the NFL known that it was going to get this bad, do you think that they would have elected to do the bubble before camp started? No. Like a full bubble or, or just a uh, 30? Bubble. Oh, I just don't know if you could have pulled it off. Like in terms of yeah. having a facility that could do that for thousands yeah, that, of people. Mm-hmm. God, yeah, that would have been an Olympic. That would have been like the Olympic Village. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wish we could have been on that one, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know about <laughs> that. Cool. But, that, uh, there, but there, the home market bubbles is another option. And, and I guess it's not, you know, the Cowboys staff has moved over there, but. It's, I guess it's not in that revised CBA that the players have to do that, yeah. but maybe that's something they, they have to revisit and, um, you know, because it seems to be working for the Cowboys. You know, they've had a couple tests here and there. Of course, you know, Andy Dalton's back, but for the most part, they've done pretty well. The biggest thing is you have to be responsible on your own, you know, and, and guys have done a good job of that. There is still a possibility of a playoff bubble, though. I mean, do you think that that's something that the NFL should severely look into? I mean, we saw it with 
at least Major League Baseball for a tad bit where they took the divisional series and they put them in separate locations and then they had different locations for the NLCS and the ALCS and then ultimately the World Series was held in Arlington. So do you think there's something of the sort where you could put these playoff teams in a bubble? And I know Cowboys fans probably don't want to talk about playoffs right now, but it's something to think about whenever it comes to uh, COVID-19 and the current situation that we're in. I think they should. Okay. I think they should. I mean, that's the only way. To, that's the only way that you can protect uh, protect the brand. You can't control um, this virus. That's number one. You can't control it. But I'll, as I always say, control what you can control. And if you can, if you can limit um, the, the accessibility that people have to your players and your staff, then why would you not do that? I don't care how inconvenient it is. Again, like we talked about before the season started. Inconvenience doesn't matter when you're when you're when you're committed to to going out there and try to win a ring. I don't give a dog on about convenience. Mm. Give me an opportunity to win a ring. Heckma. Well, there, yeah, there it is. I mean, I think that you know they just have to be very careful with this. I mean, getting a, a bubble to, to together for the playoffs. You're talking was that 14 teams uh, mm. in a bubble. I, I, how does that travel? I don't yeah. know. The numbers uh, would probably be, again, another logistical nightmare for the NFL and just trying to, to handle that. But I think that guys would side where Isaiah is. They wouldn't care one way or another. I think it's, you know, it's the chase for the Lombardi is what these players care about. And so if it's just a, we're talking about a, a week, a couple of weeks to get that done versus how the NBA did it for months, uh, I think that would be something that the players would be prone to doing. Yeah, I mean, you knew, you kind of knew this second wave was coming because once once fall and winter comes, you know, people are indoors more, yep. and then that's flu, flu and cold season, and it's not necessarily COVID, but it's symptoms, and you don't know what they are, and then that causes concern. So, uh, yeah, it's. I'm sure they're having discussions on contingency plans, and maybe you could do, and I'm just spitballing here. Maybe you could do a NFC bubble and an AFC bubble in yep. one city, and then and, and just try to handle it that way. Um, I know the NCAA is planning to looks like doing the whole tournament in one city this year, which March Madness, no March Madness this year was like a blow to my heart, mm, to my right. to my soul. Yep. Uh, so hopefully they can pull that off, and maybe that's something that the NFL could look at too. I think it's something that you got to look at, and, and maybe even if it's four cities, you talk about like four different cities. You take the southern teams, the eastern teams, the western teams, the northern teams, and put them all in a bubble uh, each specifically. I think that's something you could potentially do from the playoffs standpoint. I guess that would be a little bit different, but uh, because of the divisions and the overlapping of these games. But I think you got to at least throw out these contingency plans and see how they how they fit into uh, what could potentially happen for the NFL coming up in the playoffs. But, well, the Cowboys still technically not out of the playoff hunt. There's still a game and a half back of first, or actually just a game back of first place now in the NFC East. We're going to talk about some of the later parts of the season and where the Cowboys could improve after we take this break when we come back here on Talking Cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. 
And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. So we have now established the fact that we have a resident Super Bowl champion, and Isaiah was asking questions about the Parcells final ride poster in the back of Rob's mm-hmm. setup here. And so now I apparently have to call Rob the resident Emmy Award winner on the show as well. Mm, so stop it. got a couple stop things it. we can hit up there whenever it comes to heck, well, you and I gotta pick it Super up. Super Bowl. Man. Emmy, got it, got no, 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 Kyle, no, no, Kyle. Wait a minute, Kyle. Don't, don't do this now. What's that? We know Rob has has the Emmy, uh-huh. right? So Rob has the Emmy, and then he has another little Emmy, right? So mm-hmm. we got two <laughs> Emmy Rob, right? Yep. We got Rob Pierre and two Emmy two Rob. Two time, so, and then we have Mr. Heckma Harrison, who has assigned the goat Muhammad Ali. Nice little frame picture from back there in the background. That's Come called on, stunning, right there. That That's is what pretty you call stunning. When you say you're stunting. Yeah. Okay. That's called stunting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, and then we, and then we have just me, who's just you know, I just have a picture of myself that somebody, somebody painted on me. That's cool. All right, but then we have you, Kyle, and, okay. uh, and, and, and you've already, you've already made it very clear. Um, that that you that we're just your background dancers, Why? and that you are, you're, that you're the host. Of this show, and all of us just play a small part, and you know, and we're just little pawns, you know. He's we're he's just, LeBron, <laughs> yeah. He's LeBron, and we're like Della Vadova, and exactly. you yeah, know, yeah. Love yeah. And guys that you, Kyrie. That you can't pronounce their last names. <laughs> yeah, so we're not we're really Kyrie, just the pawns not even to protect you on a chessboard. You know what I'm saying? That's all. Why? Why do I ever let you take the yeah. reins of this show ever? Like I don't like I don't I don't know. Hey, hey CBZ's in the back. I don't think CB would disagree with what I'm saying right now. Yeah, well, CBZ's also won a couple Emmys of his own, so he's got some Emmys back oh, there as well. So he's got yes, some he of the has. he's got some of the golden yes, golden tro- tro- trophies. I don't even know what they're called. They hold the globe up there. But welcome back to Talking Cowboys with Essilor lenses. You'll see every exciting play. You can book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor. Can do for you. See more, do more. Essilor, got to throw that in there here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico. I got to remember to say that too uh, along the way. Now, 
Yesterday we had fans that. on the 50. Uh, and we answered a couple questions. We kind of got off on a tangent, though, uh, based off of a couple of those questions. So I kind of want to go back through and answer some more questions from yesterday. So if you're watching and you sent in a question yesterday and I completely ignored you, we're not going to ignore you anymore. So Dallas <laughs> Smith sent us a question and actually tagged me and Rob in this. And he said, do you think that Jerry told Mike McCarthy that Kellen Moore has to be the offensive coordinator and that's why we haven't seen Mike take over the play calling or push more influence in on the offense. And the reason why he's asking this is it's hard to believe he's okay just sitting by considering his role in Green Bay, speaking, of course, about Mike McCarthy. But, Heckma, we'll start with you on this one. Do you think that's the case, or is it basically what we've heard from Mike McCarthy saying that it was a part of his plan to have Kellen Moore? Like, I'm going to have to go with Mike McCarthy and what he said, right? He came out and said that he, you know, after being in the, his bunker situation in Wisconsin, he had a lot of time to think about how he was going to proceed as a head coach and analytics was going to be a part of it. And when he interviewed for the job that he knew that Kellen Moore was an up-and-coming offensive coordinator. Look, I don't believe any of that, right? <laughs> I believe that, yes, he was told that Kellen was going to be the offensive coordinator. Otherwise... I, I think that he definitely had a play sheet in his hand. So, I'm sorry, guys. I, I just couldn't feed you that bull right there. I had to stop myself. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. So, wait, you just no. – did you just flip the script? You said that you you think McCarthy wouldn't want, would want the play I did. calling? No, I just flipped the script. Script, script. Anyway, uh, yeah, I believe that he <laughs> definitely – was told that Kellen Moore was going to be a part of his staff. And otherwise, I think Mike McCarthy and the history that he's had as a, as a defense, excuse me, as a head coach has been that he's been the play caller. That's all we've seen from him. From him. And especially during a season like this, you know, he would definitely have, and I believe he has more input, but I, I don't see him saying that I'm just going to relegate, uh, give up all offensive play calling. So I think this is a new wrinkle for him as well. Mm. Rob? I think uh, that's a heck of a question. Go ahead. Yeah, Zay, what do you think? I'm a conspiracy theorist, man. So I I'm, I think that, that that Mr. Jones may have told him, hey, this is the one thing that I that I will have control over in terms of your staff. There's a potential there. I, so I definitely can see your point because I would I would have thought that, that Coach McCarthy would have taken complete control over the offense by this point as well, especially with all the resources that he has yeah. um, at his disposal on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, so. makes sense. I'm I'm gonna say no. I, I think I do think Mike came into this interview situation knowing that Kellen Moore was highly regarded as a young assistant, and mm-hmm. so maybe he, you know, he knew that that would probably help, maybe help his cause. Uh, but I mean, he also looked at last year, and they were the top ranked offense. Now they didn't always show it, uh, and sometimes and they had trouble in the red zone. The, the points didn't match the yards necessarily, but. Kellen did a nice job a year ago, and um, and he did tell us when he took the job that, um, you know, I think he did take he, he he took he gave play calling away in Green Bay once, and then I think he took it back. But maybe with a new staff, he decided being kind of a walk around guy was the best thing anyway. Taking over a new job, and and I also think you know he's got cl- he's coming in with clout with a Super Bowl, so I don't yeah. think it's. I, I don't think it would be a situation where Jerry would say, "Well, you know, if you're going to take this, if we're going to give you this job, you got to have this." I think I think Mike pr- probably came in with enough clout to do what he wanted, basically. 
Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of there as well. Uh, whenever you talk about a guy who has been to the mountaintop and has won a, a, a Super Bowl title, I mean, we had talked about it in the offseason as well whenever Mike McCarthy was coming in, was was Kellen Moore going to be a part of this? He was the one guy in question where it seemed like he was going to stick around. But even then, I think McCarthy had an opportunity probably to say, I want my own guys, I want to run the offense, let me do this, let me do that. And it probably would have it would have sailed. I think it would have ended up working out. But with this being said, I mean, there's been a lot of questions on on Kellen Moore. There's been a lot of questions on McCarthy, especially with their in-game management. And I heard this on the way in today. Sean and RJ were talking about it on 105.3 The Fan. They do great work over there. But uh, it was is Jason or is is Mike McCarthy? a better in-game manager than Jason Garrett was, at least through the small sample size mm. that you've had throughout this season? Because the fact of the matter is, is that was one of the biggest things that Jason was, was knocked for, wow. and now McCarthy's getting knocked for. The fact that that's even a question is a bit concerning, is it not? Yeah. Not oh, good. <laughs> I got to scratch my head on that one, and that's not good. Um, <laughs> to, 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 to date, I would have to say I put them on the same same pedestal. I think they're on the, they're on the same level right now. Wow! I think if you if you think if you put them, I think if you put them on a scale right now, I think it's probably just doing that for a second, and it's just evening out because some of the things that Coach McCarthy has allowed to happen on this on this team this year doesn't make sense. Um, doesn't make sense. Things that decisions that Garrett's made in the past. Um, doesn't make sense. And I think they're on the total opposite end of the spectrum. I think Garrett has been overly conservative, and yep. I think that McCarthy has been um, overly, overly risky. Um, and, yes. and, and, and so I think they're literally just leveling each other out. That's perfect, Isaiah. Yeah. <laughs> because that was, I mean, that was a, a thought when, when you asked that question, Kyle. I'm like, wow, they're polar opposites of one another. And, it, it, yeah, the polar opposites make it even. Because, like you said, Isaiah, one's super conservative and one is super aggressive. <laughs> and it, it, and I, I found there were several times last year where I was scratching my head, you know, trying to figure out some of the in-game decisions. And, boy, have I been scratching my head a lot this year. So. <laughs> Yeah, and it's uh, yeah, and it's not just it's not just Mike's decisions in game that you you can question at certain points. Certainly, the, the Washington game, it's it's kind of been across the board in terms of being more aggressive. You know, defensively, we've talked about it. They they tried probably to to put too much on the plate early in terms of scheme, and then yeah. they pulled back. Um, offensively, yeah. they're 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 taking more risks, and certainly on special teams, they're taking more risk. It's almost you know, it's almost like the previous staff too conservative, and then they've gone, in certain circumstances, too far in the other direction. Sometimes that can happen with new staffs, and uh, it's great when it works, and when it doesn't work, that's that's when we have these types of discussions, especially when you're 3-8. and eight. But, Rob, like, just so everybody knows, and I know you guys already know this, your job as a head coach is to coach the coaches. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, that's your job as a head coach. So yeah. whatever, whatever happens on the field in those three phases of the game, offense, yeah. defense, special teams, that's on you. Because even though that you might not have called it, you allowed it. 
Yeah. So if you allowed it, you might as well have called it. So his job is to to monitor the the activity, monitor the calls, monitor the schemes of these three coordinators, and say yay or nay um, on what you're allowing them to do. So it all falls back on him as a head coach because he's supposed to manage them and they're supposed to manage the players. He is definitely ultimately responsible, and he knows that because I mean his he's the only guy on staff whose the record is attached to him. So. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and and he, you know what? He doubled down on that fake punt just like two or three times. Like we had a good look. Um, and that bothers think, me. Yeah, I mean, he, that yeah, bothers he, me. he said you can't think negatively in those situations, but ultimately that's what happened. That cost you the football game or at least prevented you from having a chance in the final half of that quarter. It is a lot. I mean, and, and it kind of goes back to that that veto power that we talked about yesterday and how Mike McCarthy, in, in the end, if a play call comes on the, over the headset like that and it's like, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't run that. It's not a maybe. It's a, hey, let's not run that. Let's not do that. Let's yeah. let's let's punt this football away. Let's not try and, and do something crazy here. But like you said, he doubled down on it. Now, I, I kind of respect him for it, but also I, I see where you're coming from, Isaiah, whenever it talks about, uh, whenever you're talking about the worry of, of in-game management, the fact that he did double down on it, that is a bit of a concern, even though I think he was just trying not to throw his coaches under the bus at that point or trying to throw anybody under the bus. Now, this is another question uh, that came from uh, Ismail on Twitter, and he said, will we see more Michael Gallup? And, and the reason I, I want to ask this is because his targets just aren't there. I mean, it haven't been since Dak Prescott was really taken out uh, in week five. It hasn't been the same Michael Gallup, but this is a guy who you really needed to step up and be either your number two receiver or even your number one, and he's instead slotted back into number four right now behind even Dalton Schultz at the moment. Yeah, the situation has kind of penalized uh, Michael Gallup with the, the offensive line, the, all of it, the quarterback. Uh, before the season, we were talking about 3,000-yard receivers, and we're nowhere, close to, we're nowhere close to that. And so I think, you know, when you talk about Michael Gallup and just what he had to do this year, I think even everybody was, was even saying C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, maybe you can, you know, look at uh, moving Amara Cooper, which is – Contract makes it literally impossible at this point. But still, you know, you felt as though going into the season you were going to get major contributions, and you did. Uh, you, you said it, Kyle, before the Dak injury, he was a viable option in our offense and made, the, made it, our offense function well. Right now, he just, you know, he's out there pretty much as just a decoy. Uh, you know, doing a really good job at blocking things like that, but he's not getting an opportunity to show uh, his playmaking abilities. And when he has, he also has had some drops too. So you got to include that. Isaiah, true that. Yeah, no, those are good points. Heck, yeah, those are good points. Heck, I mean, he has the opportunities he has had. Um, he hasn't taken advantage of them. I mean, all those opportunities play a big role and a huge, huge part in whether or not any Dalton um, believes in him. Right. Rather, any Donald builds that symmetry with him. Right. So when he actually does have opportunities to sit back there and throw the ball without pressure and he delivers the ball on point. If the guys don't catch the ball in his head, regardless of that guy was dependable to Dak, he's not dependable to me. Right. So you lose a little bit of confidence in that player in regards to you as a play caller, uh, as, as you know, the one at the helm of the quarterback position. So um, it, when you're playing quarterback position, you have your guys. 
It's not something that's necessarily intentional. It's just something that happens, right? You have chemistry. You have uh, some symmetry with guys. It's just natural, right? When I throw the ball, he's he's where I want him to be. He breaks he his body language, how he breaks and he makes his cuts. All those yeah. things they they work for me, right? They work for me, yeah. and it's just and, and and he's there when I need him, right? And when I, whenever he's there, he makes the play. I can depend on that. So as we talked about in the pregame show the other day, Kyle, you know that's it's, it's my night night blanket, right? That's my safety blanket, right? So uh, <laughs> uh, it's something about that's, that's dependable. Somebody that I can always look for and lean on when I'm in certain situations. And obviously, Amari Cooper has been consistent through and through, regardless of who's at the quarterback position. So that's why he gets that paycheck. Um, but when it comes to the number two, number three guys, it has to be a field thing. It has to be a symmetry thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys are right about the drops. I think he had two drops against Minnesota. Yep. And and you know what? His, his drops last year were really the only thing holding him back. He was kind of near the top of the league in drops last year. Um, He's been better with that overall this year, but I just did a quick Aggie math, so this was probably wrong, Uh-oh. of the of the number of targets for Gallup and CD over the last, in the games that Dak's been out, the full games, I think it's had six games now, mm-hmm. and it's basically mm-hmm. even. It's like 41 for, for Mike and, and 40 for CD. So, I, you know, it, I think a lot of it's probably just a product of, of not having Dak, the line, uh, you're you're seeing uh, more underneath stuff. I mean, Dalton Schultz has kind of emerged as like you, like you said, Isaiah, kind of that night night blanket. So um, I it, it's just hard to know. I, I think to Heckma's point, I think if if Dak had been healthy and the line had been healthy, I don't know if they would have had three thousand yard receivers, but the production for everybody would would have been way up. Because you know, CD's, CD's numbers really haven't been great either. To be honest with you, um, he had the great catch against Minnesota, but. Yeah. Um, you know, he's had some drops. He's at yeah, it missed opportunities, 21 yards, 34, 71 against Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, the the offense just has been out of sync and and, and the receivers have, have suffered from it. Well, I mean, and even you look at, at CD Lamb and Michael Gallup. CD Lamb 53 receptions to Michael Gallup's 37. Then you got CD with 650 yards, Michael Gallup's 538 and CD has four touchdowns while Michael Gallup only has the one. So I mean, right now, yeah. it, it looks as if Gallup is still the deep threat. I mean, 14 and a half yards per reception, that's more than anybody else on the team at the moment. Uh, Dalton Schultz underneath is just under nine, uh, just over nine yards per reception. So he is that underneath safety blanket. Schultz is the tight end. And you could say the same thing about a ton of quarterbacks. I mean, look at when the Cowboys had Tony Romo take over. Who was his safety blanket? It was Jason Witten. And so you have that tight end, that quarterback to kind of thing. But Michael Gallup is a deep threat. That's the kind of receiver that he is, and that's kind of where the suffering has come from a wide receiver's numbers standpoint is you haven't had time to throw the football because the offense is out of sync. And I think that's one of the big reasons why Gallup has just not had the same sort of success. All right, let's take our second break. When we come back, we've got a question that surrounds Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz. What does this have to do Ooh. with what's coming up this week or what we've seen this week. We'll talk about it next on Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. 
There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. It's the final segment here of Talking Cowboys presented by Geico. And whether you're listening to Talking Cowboys while you work or watching highlights or even trading some of those fantasy draft players that may or may not be playing tonight and cost you your fantasy game if they don't score more than points or more than seven points, because that's exactly where I'm at. Bose Quiet Comfort <laughs> Earbuds lets you experience audio in a whole new way. Bose Quiet Comfort Earbuds are the official earbuds of the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. I need Eric Ebron to score me seven points tonight on my fantasy team. And that's that's all I ask, Eric. Please, please, because if not, I'm eliminated from playoffs. So I need that to happen. Mm. So I need this game to happen tonight. Also, I don't want to push back the Cowboys and the Ravens any more than it already has been because it's going to get played next Tuesday. Kyle Yeomans, Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips, and Heckma Harrison. I got one final question for you guys. I'm going to start off with Isaiah on this one because I just think that would be fun. So this comes from Cowboys Coffee Talk, and they've asked a couple questions lately, and they've been some pretty good ones. But this one has to do with the Philadelphia Eagles. And it's kind of targeting not only Eagles fans, but it's targeting kind of national media at the same time. And it says, why is Dak, a fourth-round pick who overachieved, seemingly held to a higher standard than a guy drafted in the second overall pick slot who was traded up for, signed long-term, and who is, whose team is 6-1 and one and won a Super Bowl without him? And also not to mention that he has regressed. Is it a refusal to admit being wrong, or is it because he is a cowboy? And this is, of course, talking about Carson Wentz, the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Isaiah, what say you, sir? That's a heck of a question, and I, I really don't have a clear understanding. I can only speak from to my personal opinion. Um, That's what I, I used I to. Hear. I used to put. I used to put Wentz and Dak on the same level. Um, after this year, um, after this year, my eyes have opened. I've been awakened. I've been awakened, and uh, and I believe that Dak is substantially more important to his to his team than Carson Wentz. I was one of those people that was like, "Oh, Wentz got him all the way to the playoffs, and then Foles took over." I was one of those guys, but now having a look at it, uh, Wentz doesn't have no dog in him. 
He ain't got no dog in him. And um, I and I, I can't respect anybody who doesn't have dog in him. I don't care how successful of a, of a history they have. Um, I respect Dak. I respect his fight. I respect his leadership now. Um, that the role that he had on his team, I was unaware of the impact that he had on his team prior to this season. Um, so my my perception has now changed, and I don't know why they would even be in the same conversation anymore. So should should Dak get more money than Wentz? Heck to the yeah. I know that wasn't part of the question, but I'm throwing it in there anyway. Love it. <laughs> it's fine with me. Heck, my. Heck to the. Heck to the yeah, I'm gonna go <laughs> with that. So, <laughs> no man, I never thought I never thought that Dak should have been in the same conversation with Wentz. I don't think he should have been in the same conversation with Golf. Um, I've said this for a long time that Dak has been, you know, the the prognosticators, the draft guys who had drafted this guy, had him pegged as a fourth uh, round guy, were wrong about him. I think his talent, his leadership ability, all of those things. He's a baller. He's a gamer. He's the kind of guy that you want on your team and it's just going to get better it sucks that he got hurt this year uh but it's i think what it is is giving cowboy fans and everyone around an opportunity to see what you're missing um and it, maybe it's it's kind of backwards to say that you know he's probably advanced his career or how you think of him more in an injury than being on the field but i think people will agree with that uh because he is a missing piece right now and you're seeing your offense just have no synergy like or rhythm uh to to what they want to do so so, you know, Dak, Dak is is definitely the future for the Dallas Cowboys and Carson Wentz. He sucks. And I love it. I mean, it's the best part of 2020. It really is. No, it's the best part of 2020 because it would be heartbreaking for me to, for us to have as bad a season as we're having. And Carson Wentz would be balling. So I'm just so happy to see him doing so bad. He's Golly. terrible. They need to play Jalen Hit. They need to play Jalen Hurts. Hurts. Yep. Carson Wentz is a nice guy. You're being mean. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to be so. traded after the season. That's what I think. Mm, he oh, might not man. be wrong. He be. It's, it, it's rough he's, up there right now. Rob? Uh, I, it's who he plays for. It's who Dak Prescott plays for, without question. How many, how many quarterbacks do the Eagles have in the Hall of Fame? Is it? I guess maybe it's one. Is it Sonny Jurgensen? Jurgensen? Uh, probably. Um, maybe. It's it's not Captain America and it's not Troy Aikman who's a first ballot Hall of Famer and, and between them won five Super Bowls like that's yep. that's what it is it's what it's what Tony Romo faced mm-hmm. and it's what Dak Prescott faces and, and you know and I don't feel sorry for him in terms of the criticism they're making a lot of money they're they're high profile guys and and uh, it's it's a great job to have but there's a lot that comes with it and and just. You know, if you play for the Cowboys, you're going to be in more of a spotlight, especially if you play that position, uh, you are going to be so scrutinized, Isaiah, because, um, you know, as as time passes more and more, it's like, you know, Troy Aikman never had a misread, never threw an incompletion, you know, and when when Dak does that, (laughs) fans see that stuff and they think that doesn't happen ever by anybody that ever played the position for the Cowboys. So to me, it's all about who you play for. Trade but trade me was Uncle Rico out there. <laughs> he was Uncle Rico, hundred percent completion percentage. I bet I throw this ball over that year mountain. <laughs> if I should just go back. 
Just so, take me back. So it's safe to say you guys don't want to trade Dak Prescott and the fourth overall pick to the New York Jets and go get Trevor Lawrence. You don't you don't think that's gonna you don't think that's a possibility come this offseason? No, no, no. no somebody else, somebody else can have white Stop. Jesus. Okay, I just, I just wanted to throw that out there. By the way, Chris is doing some uh, outstanding work in the back again. He just did some research. This is this is not Aggie math. This is this is top notch math from Chris Beam. But <laughs> okay, he comes up and he says that Carson Wentz, should he be traded by the Philadelphia Eagles, would cost Philadelphia $59 million against the cap next year. Ooh. So well, he ain't going nowhere. they're kind of stuck whenever it comes to, to Carson Wentz. So uh, that's kind of interesting whenever it, uh, it comes to that situation. Yeah, I know Heckma, Heckma's just chilling on that, that dead cap, and he's excited about it up there in the top right here. Hey, Kyle, will somebody – hey, but Kyle, will they be open for somebody trading for Jalen Hurts? No, mm. I think they're going to keep him. I think they'll keep him around. That's, that's, that, does that answer I think your question? Peter, right I think away? Peterson said this week that uh, they weren't going to make a change at, at this point. He, I don't know if he ruled it out. So we may yeah, see, they, we may see his, his Jalen Hurts might be Taysom Hill because he's they're they're starting to work him in more and more. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's Very not going to take that long for him to take over. I don't think whenever the time comes for that, but. That's going to do it here for Talking Cowboys here on this Wednesday. Do want to have a schedule update for you. There's no Talking Cowboys on Friday. Instead, right around 11 o'clock, we will be doing the draft show here from the SWBC Mortgage Studios, the first first edition of the draft show, an hour and a half uh, worth of draft coverage. So no talking on Friday. We've got Say It With Your Chest Monday for the first time in this show's history, so that'll be fun. Uh, coming up next week at 9.30. We'll be back tomorrow, though. We're going to preview the Cowboys and the Ravens and see what the Ravens have for the Cowboys after tonight's game whenever they play the Steelers. But for Chris Beam, for Heckma Harrison, for Rob Phillips, and the great Isaiah Stanback, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Once again, saying so long here from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. We'll see you tomorrow here on Talking Cowboys, presented by GEICO. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!